got a very good friend of mine here from North Carolina, uh, Val Rodriguez. Um, we go back to um, years ago. We had a met, had a meeting at your church in North Carolina, and maybe what 12, 12 years ago, and it really helped a lot of people. I know it encouraged a lot of people, and it's just really cool to see him here visiting his mom and dad, or his, his wife's mom and dad. So anyway, thanks for being here, bud. Uh, so good to see everybody. I'm excited. Um, let's pray. I want to share some thoughts this morning I think will be in- encouraging to all of us about how we have a door. We have a door to go in and out and find pasture. With a door that those before Jesus came did not have. Awesome. Awesome. Lord, we just thank you for the reality of the kingdom of the other realm, of another reality. Father, I pray by the Holy Spirit that we would grasp the awesome work of your Son. Father, I pray by the Spirit of God you would show us the things that belong to the Son and now belong to us in the Son. May the Holy Spirit do his mighty work of opening our eyes to the unseen, to the reality of God with us, in us, around us. Help us see more than ever, Lord, this morning that we are children of two worlds, not of this world, but in it, no longer from below, but from above, a child of two worlds, as you yourself were as you walked the earth. Father, thank you that we see these things, that this is the reality, this is the truth, this is the way, this is the life. Help us see these mighty things. Call unto me, you said, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. Help us see these things, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Only the Spirit can teach us the things of God. Only the Spirit knows the thoughts of God. Only the Spirit can show us these things. Father, thank you so much for this reality. And now, Lord, help us engage our spirit to hear and receive things that are not of this world and not of men and not of religion. Thank you, Father, for this reality. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Really excited about sharing some thoughts this morning about how the Lord Himself is our door. To another reality. To another reality. I know I've said this a thousand times probably, but remember this, saints. When Jesus came and he first began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Or in another place he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. What he was saying there, as we know, the word repent just means to change your mind. So he was saying, change your mind. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your mind. The kingdom of heaven is near. Now, when you say change your mind, the next thing you say is what you're referring to when you say change your mind. If I say change your mind and wear that suit instead of that suit, then the change your mind has to do with what I said after that. Okay? If I say change your mind and don't take the truck because it has no gas, take the car who's it's got plenty of gas. So change your mind and don't take the truck. Change your mind and take the car. When he said change your mind, the kingdom of heaven is near. Change your mind, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was saying change your mind, the kingdom, you think the kingdom is far into the future that's coming. It's coming in way into the future at some point. But I want you to change your mind about that because it is at hand. You think that the kingdom of heaven is way off in heaven somewhere, but I want you to change your mind because the kingdom is near. When he said repent, it had nothing to do with sin whatsoever. He wasn't referring to sin. He was saying Change your mind. We jump in our religious minds to the thought of sin just because of the word repent in the sentence. But the word repent just means to change your mind. So when he said change your mind, the kingdom, the realm of God is here at hand and near. He was saying they were thinking something else. And they were. They were thinking that the kingdom of heaven one day will come. Uh, it's way up in heaven somewhere out of our reach. Out of our, beyond our hands. And so he was, he was saying to them the most awesome reality that has ever come to planet earth. He was saying to them, change your mind about how you're thinking about heaven. Change your mind because it is not something in the distant future. It is not something out of your reach, far above the stars. Heaven is coming to you. A door will be opened that no man can shut. And another door will be closed that no man can open. What was Jesus referring to, the, to in the book of Revelation? When he said, a door shall be opened that no man can shut. And a door shall be closed that no man can open. He was saying that for a limited time, God had a covenant with a people. Where he could dwell among those people with a temple, with priesthood, with a priesthood, with sacrifices. And because of the blood, because of the sacrifices, because of the priest, God could dwell behind a thick veil and be among them, but not be in them. It was the only door on the planet where you could access the God of the universe. It was the only door. And only one man once a year could go beyond that door and be there in the presence, in the immediate presence of the God of the universe. In a perfect cube, in the Holy of Holies made in a perfect cube, a picture of another realm. God inhabited that perfect cube behind that veil for that people called the Jews 
And that door was open for a season. But he shut that door. He tore the veil from top to bottom. And shut that door by opening the veil. He shut it by opening it. And never again would that veil ever mean anything to God. Though religious men sewed it back up. And continued in their religious ways. God was no longer there. But he opened another door. Another door. That door can never be opened again. Because God has shut forever the door of law. And priest. And temples made with hands. And blood sacrifices of animals and goats. That only could cover sin and not take it away. This door that God had opened. Was his only son. For he has spoken to us in times past by prophets in various ways. But now he has spoken to us in son. In son. Like we said that time. God. We speak in English. God speaks in son. In son. In his son. Is the door. To another reality. This is the glad news of the kingdom of heaven. Notice, saints, when the the apostles were sent out to preach the good news of the kingdom, he didn't say, go tell people to stop sinning. He said, go out, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, and tell them the kingdom of heaven has come. Why? Because he was telling them to visibly demonstrate an invisible reality that was breaking forth upon the earth. You see that? That verse in Luke that says um, something like, you know, we, we uh, oh, how's it go? It's something like the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's a wrong translation. That's a bad translation. It, it has given birth to wrong teaching and bad teaching. That's not what that says. We don't, we don't storm heaven to get what we need from God and the violent don't take it by force from God. No, what it says in the actual Greek is that the kingdom of heaven is breaking forth into the earth and the violent are resisting it with force, with persecution, with, with a slander. That's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. The kingdom of heaven is breaking upon the earth and the legalists, the religious, the Pharisees were violently opposing it to the point of even even of crucifixion of the Christ. But that's what he that's what that verse means. The kingdom of heaven is breaking forth upon the earth and the violent are resisting it with force. Of course, they can't resist it. They can't stop it. So here's here's our Lord who opens a door to another reality. You see, and that's why Jesus said, and if you go into a city and they don't receive you, tell the, just dust the dust off your feet. Don't get bitter. Don't hold grudges. But tell them this as you leave. Truly, today, the kingdom of heaven came close to you. And go to the next city. See, saints, You are a child. I am a child of two worlds. Hebrews 11 says that we know that that which is seen was not made by that which appears. It's all about the unseen. Noah moved, Hebrews 11 said, moved 
by God's word, not having ever seen rain before, the scripture says, and prepared an ark. Abraham went to a place he had never seen before by the word of God. The unseen. Moses endured and left Pharaoh and left Egypt, having endured seeing him who is invisible, the scripture says. Seeing him who is invisible. Let me ask you this. Do you believe, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but do you believe you have lungs in your body? Have you ever seen them? Do you believe you have a a heart beating in your body? Have you ever seen it? Do you believe there's air, oxygen out here? Have you seen it? Do you believe in love? Have you seen it? Jesus said to us, if it were not true, I would have told you. I love that. I love that. If it were not true, I would have told you. So honest, so, so real, so like, if it were not true, if it were not this good, I would have told you. He said that you and I have a door, he being our shepherd, we being his sheep, we have a door to go in and out on this world right now to find pasture. He said that you are no longer from below, but from above, that you are in this world, but you're not of it anymore. That's a child of two worlds. Think about that. He said, you are in this world, but not of it, just like he was. As he lived by the Father, he said, now we shall live by him. We are Christians, little Christ. We are members of his body. We are just like him. He has made it so in him, in him. He, our head always, and we, his body. You see that? We are this is, the, this is the main work of the Holy Spirit in renewing our minds as to who we really are, who He is, and who we are. That's why the writer of the Hebrews says that they did not receive the promises. Hebrews 11 verse 13, I think, says they did not receive the promises. All those that went before Jesus did not receive the promises. They saw them afar off. Hebrews 11, verse 39, I think, says again, and these having not received the promises that they would not be perfect without us first are now our witnesses of this reality. What did they not receive? Saints, this has got to be so clear in our minds. There's so much muddled teaching out there that, that teaches that the old saints uh, the Old Testament saints have what, had what you have. They did not have what you have. The scripture says they did not receive the promises. They, when they died, they did not ascend to heaven. They did not uh, leave their body absent from the body present with the Lord. They did not. They descended to Sheol. They could not ascend because the sacrifice had not yet been given on the earth. The blood had not yet been shed on the earth. And the new creation had not yet begun. In his resurrection, they descended to Sheol, which is why he had to descend first to release them from Hades or Sheol and bring them through this realm into the heavens. No man, Jesus said, no man has ever ascended into the heavens. No man has ever ascended into the heavens except the son of man who has descended from heaven. No man. And that's the, that's the Lord's own words. Not Moses, not Elijah. But what about Elijah? He was taken up with a whirlwind. Yes, he was taken from this earth with a whirlwind. Well, where, where was he deposited? In Abraham's bosom. 
No man, no man has ever ascended into the heavens. Enoch was walked with God and yet was not. Where did he go? He went to Abraham's bosom. He went to Sheol. He went to Hades to await the sacrifice of the son. Peter said that Jesus descended into Sheol and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, even those before the days of Noah in the flood. Peter wrote that. It's awesome. You have a, a totally new thing that they did not have. They are now made perfect through you. Because what they saw far off, you have, and now they have in reality in heaven. A whole family of God in heaven and on earth, Paul said. In heaven and on earth. But you got it first. It's awesome. This mindset must permeate us. You must, I must dwell in this reality. I'm a child of two worlds. I can literally, this is what the writer to the Hebrews is trying to say. He says, look, they could not do this, but you can do this. You can go boldly into the holy of holies beyond the veil now. You can go boldly to the throne of grace to find help and mercy in time of need. They did not have that. They could not do that. Jesus himself, only Jesus, the hope of the world, the salvation of the world, the hope of the world, only he could do it and he did it. He opened a door that no man can shut. No man can shut this door on you. He sits on the right hand of God with all authority and he declares that you and I are righteous with his righteousness. Behold the Lamb of God who doesn't cover the sin of the world but takes it away. It's awesome. He has opened a door that no man can shut. Where is this door? Is it a place in the Middle East? Is it where lost Eden is? Is it on a mountain somewhere far away? Truly, truly, I say to you that the hour is coming and now is that the true worshipers will not worship in this mountain or that mountain or some place on earth, but the true worshipers will worship my Father in spirit and in the reality. The truth means reality, the real, not shadows, not shadows of a temple and blood sacrifices of animals and priests, but in the reality. For such as the Father seeks to worship him because this is intimacy, this is union, this is oneness. So where is this door? Within. Within. Truly, I say to you, Jesus said, I will, my Father, and I will come into you and make our abode within you. You and I have become the dwelling place of God. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Behold the glory, the riches of this great mystery. What's the mystery? What's the hidden secret? The secret, the hidden secret, as most people don't get this right, the secret is not Christ in you. Because that makes you the center of the secret. No, the secret is Jesus himself, hidden in the Father. He is the secret that was not revealed. The wheel within the wheel. The word within the words of God. He is the son who has been revealed to us. And in that revelation of the Christ, 
we see the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is now this Christ who is hidden in the Father is now hidden in you. That's the truth. That's the reality. That's the clear reality of the apostolic message. That Christ himself is the secret of God. That the the Son, the Word, was with God and was God and became flesh and dwelt among us. Great is the mystery of your godliness. For it begins with a secret that was hidden in God that even Lucifer did not know about. The angel was created. He did not know the fellowship of the Father and the Son. It was hidden from him. Had the prince of this world understood the hidden mystery, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He did not know it. And now you know it. And you've been brought into the fellowship of the Father and the Son by the work of the Son. And the enemy hates you for it because he wanted to sit on the throne. But now you sit with him in heavenly places with the authority of the Son. Awesome! Oh, this is the reality. This is, this is our joy and peace. Jesus said, I leave with you my joy. What is he saying there, saints? He's leaving you and I his realm. He's leaving you his, his, what, how he lives in his relationship with the Father, his joy we can have because we literally have been translated from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Son. And the reason why Paul says you've been translated into the kingdom of the beloved son is because in this realm, the number one characteristic of this other reality is, being, is experiencing the basking love of the father 24-7. The beloved son, the realm of the beloved son. See, John got this. John got this. He laid his head on the chest of Jesus. John called himself the beloved disciple. He got it. He laid his head on the chest of Jesus. This is the number one characteristic of this other realm. It's the, it's the father loving the son. And now the father loving you and I. Just as he loves the Son. John 17. Father, that they may know that you love them as you love me. That they may really know this, that you love them as you love me. Jesus said, the Father shows me all things, for he loves the Son. I love that. For the Father loves the Son, and he shows me all things. In the same way, you can say, the Father loves me, and he shows me all things. This is the secret place of the Most High. He who sees this truth in the Son shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It is where the Son lived every day. It is where you and I can live every day while on earth. And then when we leave this earth, as Russ has left, Russ Parker has left, we enter in fullness, seeing face to face what we have experienced in spirit. Every day, every single day, because of a covenant, 
because of a covenant that God cut. He found fault with the covenant of law because in that covenant of law, he had to find fault with the people. So he said, I find fault with that covenant because I don't want to find fault with my people. I want to dwell not just behind a veil. I want to dwell in them and they in me. And the only way that is possible is if sin is no longer an issue with God. It's the only way it's possible. So he did something so otherworldly and so awesome. He said, in this new covenant, I will remember your sin no more. And I will be merciful to all your iniquities. Remember there means to keep an account of. I will keep an account of your sins no more. For God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world unto himself, not counting their sins against them anymore. That he may dwell in us and we in him. You are not under law, but under grace. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Sin is not imputed where there is no law. This is the apostolic message of power. This is the apostolic message of power of which the religious do not understand. That's why we have such garbage out there that says you have to confess your sins every day to stay forgiven or that you have to keep short accounts with God and don't let sins accumulate. I read that garbage so you can stay right with God and stay your, have your sins cleansed as you go through some ritual of confession. It's blocking you from the door. It's hindering the life and the frustrating the grace of God. Wrong thinking will frustrate the grace of God, Paul says. Uh, wrong thinking will quench the spirit of life. Even though your life is in you, it can be quenched because of wrong thinking. That's why the spirit renews the mind. So we see boldly, we, we're bold, we speak with boldness, not as Moses with a face that's covered, but with open face, with boldness, we proclaim these things. Because our, our king did it. What a weak gospel, what a pathetic gospel that puts the burden on the sheep and the people to continually name their sins, to stay right with God. Of which none of us can do anyway. Because you can't just think about the big sins. It has to be everything. Only perfection can be in union with him. And he has given us his perfection. The law could make nothing perfect. But a better hope did. Did. It's awesome. This is the message that the Spirit of God is speaking in this hour worldwide. Through Joseph Prince, through Steve McVeigh, through many, 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 many people. Joel Osteen. And the violent are resisting it. And those who slander and those who don't get it. But that's okay. That's, it happened in the beginning, it'll happen now. But we just dust the dust off our feet without bitterness and we say, one day, hopefully you'll see this. 
Because the kingdom of, kingdom of heaven came close to you today. Joy, peace, I leave with you, Jesus said. And the Lord will work with us as we are his witnesses. The scripture says the Lord working with them with signs and wonders of this other realm, working with them. He will continue to do his work now through his body, through his sons and daughters. And the good news of this kingdom, of this other reality, shall spread around the globe and then shall the end come. Think about it this way, saying, this is how the Lord showed me. The kingdom of heaven is a parallel reality on earth. It's an invisible parallel reality, as invisible as your lungs and your heart and your brain and as air and as love. It is an, an invisible reality on the earth. And unless you are born of the spirit, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You cannot perceive it. It's another reality that you can only access through one door. And that door is Christ. All who believe on him pass through that door. We've had that taught to us that the Christian life is a straight and narrow path. And you pretty much have to, you know, watch your P's and your Q's and, you know, make sure you're, you do everything right. That's not what that parable says. The actual Greek says that the door is straight and narrow, not the path. The door is straight and narrow because there's only one way through that door that no man comes to the Father except through Jesus. And you, it's just enough room for you to fit through the door. You can't go in with your grandfather or your daddy or your mama. You can't go in with anybody else's faith. It's you and God. You and God. And there's only one way in, that Christ and Christ alone. The door is straight and narrow, but not the path. The door opens up to life. David said, you have brought me into a large place. A place of freedom. A place where I can eat of any tree in the garden except for that one. A place where I've left a sinking boat and I can walk on the entire lake. Freedom. Liberty. But we've had it taught us that the Christian life is a straight and narrow path. No, it's not. Go back and read the parable. It's a straight and narrow way or door or gate. A straight and narrow gate, but not path. And it leads to life, Jesus said. Liberty. Stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has set us free, Paul said. This is what the Lord showed me. So it's just my life. It's my life. I, I feed on this truth. It is, it is a parallel reality. You and I live in two worlds. And in his world, the father loves you and I as he loved the son. That's the reality of that other world. He loves you and I without condition 24-7 as he loved the son. And as Clark says, he doesn't just love you because he sees the blood of Jesus over, over our ugliness. We don't have like a face of Jesus like that we did in the video a while back that, that Javen did and Nick did that, that you put a face of Jesus over, over your face and that's why God loves me because he sees Jesus. He doesn't see me. If he saw me, he'd be, oh, that's okay. No, that's what new creation is all about. He has made us new in his image. You have your own name. Revelation says you will know your name in heaven, a new, a new name he has given you. We don't even know it yet. 
a new name, a son, a daughter, made in his image, raised by the resurrection of Christ. It's all his work, of course. We can't create ourselves, but we're made in his image. Perfect, beautiful. I see no spot in you. He says, I see no wrinkle. I love you for you. And when you put off this flesh, when I put off this flesh, you'll see yourself as you really are. I mean, John saw one of the brothers in heaven. And what did John do? He fell down to worship a brother. He saw the glorious, a glorious, you know, a, a brother in Bible study standing in front of John. John falls down in worship because he thought this must be an angel or God or what is this glorious creature? And the brother goes, John, get up. It's me. You know, Bible study, your house, you know. But that's the real person. That's the real you. And the, and, the, and the evil spirits know you. The scripture says that they tried to use the little formula in Jesus' name and cast out demons. And they said, Jesus we know. And Paul we know. Well, who are you? Because <laughs> it's not some formula. They can see. The spirits can see your light. You walk into a room and you're... Jesus said, when you walk into a room, your peace can be released into the room. And if they don't receive you, your peace will come back to you. And you'll know it. And you can leave. It's awesome. Within your body is such power. Within my body is such power that even your shadow can heal the sick. We need only grasp these things. See these things. Grow in faith in these things. Encourage each other in the truth, the scripture says. Speak one to another this reality. Remind each other of who we are. You see how, the, how religion has it so wrong? Religion is all about reminding us about sins in the flesh. The scripture says the old covenant was set up in such a way to, to be a reminder of sins. Day by day, month by month, year by year. It was set up to be a reminder of sins because sins were never completely dealt with. So it was a reminder of sins under the law. Not so in the new covenant. Because this sacrifice of this son has removed sin for all time, for all men, for all sin. So now what do we remember? Him. Do this in remembrance of me. My body was broken for you, for the complete forgiveness of all sin. My blood was shed for you, for the complete forgiveness of all sin. Remember no more your sin. Remember me. He who eats the flesh of the Son of God and drinks the blood of the Son of God, Jesus said, daily has life in himself. And that's the saying that they said, who can hear these things? These, these things are too hard and many walk with him no more. What he was saying, saints, is he was saying, never forget the one act of my death. I'm not to die often, but never forget the one act of my death because I died only once, but now I ever live unto the Father. Even as you died only once through me, now you ever live in me. But you feed on the reality that brought you through the door. So the enemy who comes and accuses you, you lift up the shield of faith as you eat of his, his body and drink of his blood in a spiritual way. For he says, my words are spirit and they are life. Not talking literally, but my words are spirit and they are life. So you feed on that reality and it shall quench every fiery dart. Every, because you have walked through a door that he has opened for us in his own blood. 
He has done it. This is true Christianity. This is true New Covenant. It's not playing church. It's not trying to be moral people. It's not trying to be good people. It's not trying to do good things. It's not going to church. It's not reading your Bible. It's not having Bible studies. You are from two worlds. Actually, the truth is, you were from this world, and now you're from above. I am also. But I'm in this world, and that's why we're a creature of two worlds. As long as we're in these bodies, we're in this world as his witnesses. So we're in two worlds, but only from one. We don't have two natures. We don't have two natures battling out inside of us. We do have the power of sin. But saints, get this now. This is so key. God has circumcised the body of our flesh by a great mystery, by his own hand. Colossians says he cut away the body of the flesh. So the inner man's soul and spirit, soul and spirit, the person could be raised from the dead, separated from sin as far as the east is from the west because the soul and spirit, the invisible person, the inner man will be moved to another dimension, not touching the flesh. Passing through another realm to another realm, the Spirit of God coming and covering you and circling the inner man as a spiritual circumcision took place by the hand of God so that even though you're in the body, you're not in the flesh. You're not joined to the flesh. You're not in your sins anymore. You're in Him. And because He did that, the power of sin still remains in our members, the members of our body, the apostles taught. The power of sin is quarantined in the members of our body. There's a mystery of iniquity that works through the DNA, through the blood, through the brain, in the flesh. Whereas when you're separated from your body, you shall know all things as you were known. But now in the body, we see through a glass darkly because we're working through brains. We're working through things of this creation. We are not of this creation as a person anymore, but we're working through things of this creation, the body, the brain. So we see through things, see things through a glass darkly now. But the moment we release from this body, we shall know things immediately, even as we are known with no hindrance, no static, no interference. We shall know all things as we are known by God instantly because that's who you are. You leave your body and you're present with the Lord immediately because you're now holy, now righteous, now perfect, now. And that's what walking by faith is all about because you see this reality. And though you stumble and we stumble in many ways because of this body, we are perfect as Jesus himself is perfect because he has made it so. It's awesome. And in that dependency on him and only on him can we live out what is unseen in us. For we have this treasure in weak earthen vessels that the excellency of this power may clearly be seen to be of God and not of ourselves. It's awesome. It's genius. It's God. It's God. No flesh can glory in his presence. You walk with the very righteousness of God. He who has received this abundant grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus who lives within. We have awesome news to tell people. We have such good news. Change your mind. Change your mind, the kingdom, this realm of heaven, this other reality that the son lived in. 
is not far away in the future or beyond your reach. It is here. For the kingdom of heaven is in the spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. And that spirit has come. We have received the promise that they did not receive. As Galatians says, for he who believes, as Abraham believed, receives the promise of the spirit. For in the spirit is the city of God. You have not come to the mountain that can be touched. That as Moses did, would quake and was fearful and afraid. You have not come to that mountain of law. But you have come now, not when you die physically, but you have come now, the scripture says, to Mount Zion. A mountain that cannot be touched with hands. An invisible reality. You have come now to Mount Zion, to the city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, to the city of justified men made perfect, to Jesus himself, to the reality of angels with you. This is the reality inside of us now. Of a, because of a covenant that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Abel called out, his blood called out for, for vengeance, but the blood of Christ calls out for mercy. Because of this covenant that God cut. God cut this covenant. It's awesome. Woo! He died to give this to us. Clark says this all the time. Let us receive. All that Jesus died to give us. The unseen is more real than the seen. Paul says, look not on the seen, but look at the unseen. The seen is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. Lord, thank you so much. Father, I pray by the power of your spirit that you would seal this revelation in our heart. In our new heart that you gave us as a new creation. Help us see this, Lord. Father, help us see this. Help us encourage each other to walk freely through the door, in and out and find pasture as we walk among the people of this world, to find pasture, to feed and rest and be nurtured by you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this reality. Thank you for the parallel reality of the kingdom of heaven, which is now on earth. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. And every person who hasn't believed yet, may they receive your kingdom within because of the work of the beloved son. Oh God, thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.